Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, my brother Ali? Fight Diggy, Tribe Called Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to The Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Hey. This is a show that you come up on, yeah. This is a spot that you come up strong. Yeah. What's going on? Welcome to The Come Up Show Podcast. My name is Martin Bauman. Thank you for joining me. It's been a long time since I've been around to do this. I've been overseas in Europe since 2015 began, and I just got back. Now I'm so excited to bring you more of these podcasts, and I couldn't be more pumped about the guests I'm starting with. Tehran and Aomari are two of my favorite artists, period. They made some fantastic music from A Sucker for Pumps to Hungary to The Wonderful Prelude, and now The Great New Wonderful. I've been a fan of these dudes individually for nearly six years now, and it's crazy to see how they've risen since then. More than being great artists, though, these guys are really thoughtful and well-spoken, and it should come as no surprise if you listen to their music. I caught up with Tehran and Aomari to talk about self-love, getting out of their comfort zone, why they make music, and much more. Take a listen. I've got a quote that I want you guys to build on. You say, what we do isn't more important than why we do it. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think um, with respect to you know, just um, musically, I think, for a while, like, it was always about the what. Like, how dope I am. You know, let me write the coldest punchlines. Let me write the dope, get, get the dopest beats, the dopest album cover. The what was always the focal point. But it wasn't until I figured out why that album started to have more of a meaning for me. Like, why is the album created? Not what the album is. And I think you see that a lot in hip-hop today. You see a lot of what. You see a lot of, you know, just music, period, you see a lot of what. It's like, okay, yeah, I get what, but why? You know what I'm saying? What is the, the root of it? And then if there is a why, a lot of artists can't eloquently explain it when they're talking about it. So it's like, you know, I... I it's it's why you do something is always more important than what you do. You know that's that's it's the it's the philosophy that makes people uh, feel anything because it's like oh it's real I can actually use this. It's not just oh this is just some musical album that's like just one huge jack off for the uh, for the musician's amusement. You know what I'm saying? Or or this isn't just some uh, album full of dope rap and dope rap beats and all of that for the sake of rap. It's like, nah, let's actually engage people and explain why you created this album. Like, that's what's important, the why, not the what. And it, and it, and it goes for, and it's not just for music, it's just for every, everything in life. Like, why you do something is the driving force behind why you want to continue doing it. You know, at a certain point, doing it for no reason, just for, like, monetary gain or, um, I don't know, likes or, or to raise your popularity stock, at some point, that's not going to be fulfilling to you, you know, because you can't, you can't, you can't teach somebody with likes, you know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't touch somebody with likes. You have to, like, 
And it also makes the it also makes the album more dynamic. You, because most 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 people you can listen to the album and be like, man, you could put all of these, you could take these songs and change the order around and it'd be the same album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're like mixtapes disguised as albums. Yeah, it's like they mm-hmm. write. It's like you write albums or do stuff based on a checklist. Yeah, or they'll 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 do like certain songs. And they'll be like, I like this song, I like this song, I like this song, I like this song, I like this song. So let's just put them all together, try to figure out a way to tie it all in. Whereas me and Omari, we'll take a while and figure out why we, why we want to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what is the purpose of the album? And then once we figure that out, once we figure out what the world is, then we start writing the songs based on that world. Like so most artists or some artists, before they figure out the title of their album or the concept of their album, they're doing songs first, and then they'll figure out how to tie everything in. We work the other way. One guy that you both have worked with before, Lord Quest, uh, I was able to speak to him, might have been a year or two ago, but what he was telling me is that he feels the most important thing that we can do as humans is to do something that benefits mankind. That kind of goes with the why you do something. Uh, when it comes to music and artistry, what do you feel is the most important thing that you can do with your craft? The most important thing is bridging the gap because I feel like everything is very segregated in a way. There's a lot of this is my struggle, not your struggle, when really it's we're all one species living on this planet. Actually, we're not even one species. There's millions of species that live on this planet that coexist, whose very existence is reliant on the others. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like musically, um, it's really opening a lot of those conversations and getting breaking down a lot of those um, those barriers between people that, you know, feel like they don't have anything in common or feel like they can't talk to this group of people about something because, oh, you guys listen to this. Or, you know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like even within, um, you know, hip-hop music in general, I feel like there's a lot of... Uh, well, not even hip-hop, just music in general. I feel like there's um, a lot of people, when they listen to music, yes, it's, it's escapism, but a lot of people are looking for a connection. You know what I'm saying? They're looking for a way to connect to it, and they're looking for a way to grow and build from it. So that's one of the most important things to me is to get people to see that music is a universal language and, you know, there's so many, there's so much math that's involved as to why you like something and why something is the way it is and why you know music vibrates at a certain frequency that I think that we're all we all get everybody around the world they all get this um, you know uh, this uh, pentatonic scale they understand you know melody and they understand it all pretty much the same way but they're so there's so much disconnect and confusion, but yet we all understand music. You know what I'm saying? It's like this unspoken, like, oh, I, I, I get that or I don't get that. And I feel like it's just that conversation that connects us all. So it's like with, with having something that, that, that powerful that connects everyone, it's like, okay, well, let's figure out a way to uh, manipulate the metrics a little bit to get us to connect on an on, on another level, you know what I'm saying? Not just by 
what we listen to, but oh, what we believe in, oh, what we um, believe in, and you know, all yeah. of that stuff. Because I don't think, like, you shouldn't do music just because you're good at music, you know? Because it's, cause music is too powerful of a tool. Like, in my opinion, it's the most powerful and the easiest way to connect with someone who you've never met, who didn't come from the same background as you or from, from the same culture. Like, that, I, it's, a, it's definitely a universal language. Now, obviously, everyone can't play instruments, but scientifically and um, psychologically, there's things that we all um, react to you know, musically, it's just something in us that we chemically react to when we hear certain notes arranged in certain order. Like, making music with respect to your musical community and with respect to music that has been made, like, pushing it, like, doing something different, you know, not because we obviously want to hold the greats up as great and, and, and we realize that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them, but at the same time, we they're not the peak. New. Yeah, they're yeah. not the peak. They're not the they're they're not the top of the mountain. Like music is uh, there's no the best music has not been created already. You know, it's going to continue to because be. Because the human condition always changes. So as the human condition changes, so should the message. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? And I I think that's really important for us as well too. Is like with respect to making this music. Yeah, we want you to jam, but we've been jamming for a long time. Yeah, we want you to party, but we've been partying for a long time. There's so many other things within the culture of there's so many so so many things that's going on within society that are little nuances that the music doesn't reflect. You know what I'm saying? And it's that it's 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 like a disconnect. It's like as the world evolves and as the world changes, so should the music because you know. And and, and I don't necessarily like I don't agree with doing music that sounds like it came out in the 90s or doing music that sounds like it's because it's like, yo, like, they had that music. That was for that generation. Like, that was for those people. It's like using holy books that were written a long time ago for for the people of a long time ago. Like, that society was different than our society. So when you're trying to condition or, or use that same holy book with this new group of people, it sometimes doesn't work, and that's where those clashes happen, is because you have the new conflicting with the old. And I think it's the same thing with music, is when you make music, you have to make music for people. Don't make music for an idea. Don't make music for a concept. Make music for the people. Like, what people need to hear and what they want to hear. Not, not even what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it's kind of hard to figure out what people need to hear if you're not paying attention to them. Or if you're only going for the money because money is connected to a want, not a need. What what do people need to hear right now? What what messages do you think are missing in music? Uh, the message, one of the messages that I think is, one of the main messages that I think is missing in music especially, specifically, black music, um, urban music, is self-love. See, there's a lot of music that is like, you ain't shit if you ain't got this. Um, if you ain't fucking this bad bitch, you ain't shit. All the broke niggas is this, and this, 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 this. There's a lot of, in order for me to be dope, you gotta be whack. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of that. Now, with respect to where our culture and community is, there's so much self-loathing and uh, uh, disrespect for the self 
that it's hard to respect anybody else. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's it's hard to have that kind of clarity when bad things happen, to have that knowledge of self to be able to go forward like a soldier and handle things in a very calculated, methodical way. But we're so emotional that simply because we don't have enough love for ourselves. So we go out here and we do these things emotionally. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't come from a place of, I love myself, so I'm going to uh, uh, attack these things like a soldier. It's like the difference between a soldier in battle versus or, or a boxer, like a boxer. When a boxer gets into a ring, they don't get into a ring all emotional. If a girl is laughing in the front row, ah, he got hit in the face. The boxers aren't like, oh, shit. Hmm. They're not self-conscious. They're not embarrassed because they're locked in. They're like, you know what? It's part of it. Let me lock in and do what I got to do. And I feel like that's what's missing from a lot of black music is there's nothing, there's nothing to make you feel proud of yourself. There's only stuff to make you feel arrogant about yourself or cocky about yourself. And it's like the or only arrogant reason, about your race in the face of other races. Like basically the only reason why you're dope is because somebody else is whack. Mm-hmm. That shit's so corny. That shit's so played. And it's the reason why a lot of, that's the reason why a lot of stuff is the way it is, is just because we don't respect ourselves. And I don't necessarily want to say that's why the police are beating us and that's why this and that and the third. I definitely don't want to say nothing like that. But I will say that when you have knowledge of self and when you are working towards that with a certain amount of love for yourself, it, it, it just, it, it, your actions are different why you do things are different because they're rooted in love for self, not hate for you. Yeah. And I think another thing that's missing is like with this album, uh, one thing we've tried to focus on writing wise is not writing so much from the eye, but more so trying to write from perspective of we, because I feel like most hip hop is yeah. very, very, very exclusive. Yeah. Very and, and, and it's cool. Like, we all have our things that we go through as individuals, and we want to get those stories out. But it gets to a point where we're talking about I so much that we, we begin to believe that we're alone. You know, we, we begin to believe that these stories that we have are like, you know, someone else can't aren't relating to them. So it's like, I got to get my story out. This is me. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm going to. If you don't feel it, then fuck you. You know what I'm saying? So it becomes this, it becomes this, it's like you put yourself in this box to where you feel like the world is against you, to where you have to make sure that it's it's your idea, it's your perspective, it's your your thing, and you know what I'm saying, and that you're you're, you're unique, you know, and and it, because for some reason we're we're sold this narrative that that you have to be yourself and being yourself being being yourself in spite of everybody else, even if it comes to harm, you know what I'm saying. And it's weird that we have all of these these moments in life where it's the people need to come together, but the music is not telling them that. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to come together for Michael Brown. We have to come together for Trayvon Martin. We have to come together for what's happening all over the world, but the music that we're listening to is not telling us to do that. Yeah, what well, hip-hop music can a person listen to in those times when they're feeling that way? That would inspire them to, you know, to, like to feel hope. Like a Marvin Gaye, what's going on, or Bob Marley. Like, where is that music for people? 
No, it doesn't. It's it's very very few and far between where you'll find music that is inspiring people to get together. No, most music is inspiring people to fuck them over there. This is me over here. You know what I'm saying? Most of our music is inspiring separation. So in those moments where we're listening to this separatist music, and then we're we have to come together, then we come to we. When we come together, it ain't as solid as it sh- as it really should be, simply because a lot of what we're being fed is dividing us. How powerful is it then when somebody like uh, Kendrick Lamar, in the position that he is, comes out with a song like saying "I love myself" and to have that message portrayed? Um, I think I think that's a very powerful message. I think it starts with loving yourself. Like you can't, you can't, like you can't get anybody. You can't if you don't know yourself. It's hard to love or even feel compassion for someone else. Yeah. Because you don't see or uh, you 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 don't you don't humanize or connect with that in opposition or that indifference of you. You know what I'm saying? But when you see when you see a little bit of yourself. When you know who you are, then you see yourself in everything because you truly know that you are everything and everything is you. Like, we are everything. Like, we're literally all made of the same star stuff. These are just, uh, you know, biological tricks that make people, that make us look different, that make us look like we're, you know what I'm saying? It's just the way that everything's arranged that makes it look different. But we're literally made up of all of the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I think mm-hmm. loving yourself, and when you say I love myself, it comes from a place of knowledge. Like, I know myself. I love myself because I know myself. And when you know yourself, then you can see yourself in everything around you. So you, you become more connected with a lot of the vibrations of this world. You become more compassionate. You become more aware, more focused. You're more open and in tune with what's going on around you. Yeah, because you, you understand what pain feels like because you're open to it. You know, you're responsive to it. So when you see it happening to someone else, you could be you, you have the empathy. You have the capacity for empathy for that because you're open to experience it for yourself. You know what I'm saying? So you, so you can't just write it off as quickly as a lot of us can because we're so caught caught up in trying to so um so called make it in life, you know what I'm saying? Rather than we we already made it, we here, you know what I'm saying? We don't have to do any more. We exist. We made it. We made it. You know, we made it through the egg we were born. But we're still acting like we're crawling on top of each other and this is like some kind of rat race that we're in. So do you think it's a, a distinction between learning to love yourself versus trying to prove yourself? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know what it is? I think it's trying to prove yourself worthy of love. Mm-hmm. Saying like, like loving yourself versus fighting to get love from others in hopes that it will inspire you to love yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, basically, I don't love myself because others don't love me. And once they'll love me, then I'll love myself. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, like, like, I won't be happy. Like, I'm not happy now until I get something that will make me happy. You know what I'm saying? But happiness is not something that you have to 
um, uh, pass off to material material possession. Like my girl once said, that it's uh, it's it's be do have, not have do be. What I mean by that is most people think that you have to have something in order to do something, in order to be something. Right. It actually works the other way. You have to be something in order to do something, in order to have something. So far, we've been talking a lot about self-love and also the need for connection between one another. Do you think one has to come before the other can also, uh, I guess, be realized? Do, do you have to love yourself before you're able to love others? Or how does that work? I think your love is stronger when you are in tune with yourself. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like a fight. It's like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was one of the most compassionate figures ever. You could hear it in his speech. When he talked, it was very gentle. But at any moment, he could break your neck. Like, he was that focused, and he, he was so connected with... And when you're connected, I think you can pick up on vibes. Your, your intuition is so much higher when you know your body, when you know yourself, when you love yourself, when you're operating at such a self you know, a, a, such a, um, a, a, an honest expression, you're, I, think, I think it does start with yourself. Like, you have to love yourself in order to love others properly and effectively. Because there's, there's, like, love and admiration are two different things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can admire someone and call it love, but it's really just admiration. At some point, something is going to happen where your uh, sense of self or your self-esteem is shaken, and, and that admiration turns into envy, or that admiration turns into resentment. You know what I'm saying? But when you love, it's rooted in something a little different. Where do these realizations come from for each of you? I'm, I'm assuming this isn't, you know, you don't just, uh, you're not born enlightened with this sort of perspective. It, it must come from experience and and growing and maturing. Where where do you attribute these sorts of uh, perspectives to? I mean, for me, for me specifically, like throughout the process of this album, like it's just been a learning process because um, there was a point where, you know, around a sucker pumps time, I had my own apartment, you know, um, and everything was cool. And, I, you know, it's, it's, it's times in life where you feel like you have everything figured out pretty much, you know what I'm saying, where you're cool, where you're chill, you're comfortable, and you're going about your routine. And then someone, something happens where a wrench is thrown into that, like, or you could call it the glass ceiling, or you reach a glass ceiling where it's like, okay, well, I'm here now, and I'm in this routine. It's kind of working for me. I, I, I make just enough to afford my rent, but I'm not really, like, progressing as much. I'm not really, like, doing anything that's going to take my life to the next level. I'm just kind of maintaining what I have right now. So with me, it happened to where I ended up losing my apartment and losing all that stuff and had to go through this period of, um, you know, just relying on friends, you know, sleeping on couches and stuff like that. And, and, and having having issues with having confidence issues and inadequacy issues because, you know, as a musician, if you're a starving musician and you're not making money or you don't have a, a, a nine-to-five to have that um, paycheck validation, then where is your validation of purpose in life coming from? You know what I'm saying? Right. Where do you where do you go out to be like, I'm doing something with my life? What can you, what proof do you have? You know what I'm saying? 
So it just took a process of being like, okay, I could either stay within this or I could figure out ways to improve myself. You know, I gotta, I can't, you know, you either going to tussle with yourself until you deconstruct or you're going to find ways to love yourself and realize that you don't really love yourself, you know? Like, so I was like, okay, I'm getting older now. I need to work on my health. You know, this music stuff, if we want to do this stuff, we got to take it more seriously because, you know, Sucker for Pumps was 2011, it's 2015 now. You know, the time was passing, you know, and, it's, and, and you know, when you're doing something and you're not getting the results you think you're supposed to get or whatever based on your experience with it or what you see other people getting, then you start feeling resentment about what you do. And then that's when we reached the get. That's when I reached the glass ceiling, and and together with you know Toronto self and friends and stuff, started to slowly overcome that. You know, be like, no, nah, I got to think differently about this. I got to change my outlook. I got to, you know. So- I also think it just comes with age and growing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we we like to think that when bad things happen to us, that that's the totality of everything that our lives represent. You know, it's when, when something bad happens, it's, oh, my world is over, da, 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 five years from then, you're like, damn, I was really tripping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's just life, you know what I mean? Like, somebody that you could be completely in love with now could be like, wow, I can't believe I was tripping over that person five years from now. You know what I'm saying? Like, life goes on. It's not about good or, it's not about good versus bad or white versus black. These things coexist. So it's not, it's all in how you look at things. Like when something bad happens to you, if you take it in a negative way, you realize that it's a domino effect and it affects everything in your life. And I've been seeing a pattern like that throughout my life. You know what I'm saying? And then talking to like older people and and, and then just thinking about like what I was into a long time ago that meant the world. It was like, wow, yo, I put a lot of importance on a lot of stuff that just, you know, it's just life, you know what I'm saying? You can't let all of these things dominate your mind because that's what changes your philosophy as you get older, and that's what makes you afraid when you get older, and that's what shapes, it's it's your reaction to stuff that shapes your whole life, you know what I'm saying? And it's usually the things that shape your life are is the negative stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's all the it's all the bull stuff. It's all the bullshit that we think about ourselves and stuff like that that shape our lives and that leave us to being wallflowers, to watching the world pass us by because we're afraid to fail publicly. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's it's failing publicly in where we learn. You know what I'm saying? That's where we get stronger, and that's that's just what it is. And I feel like the older you get the more afraid we are of this process. Like when you're a kid, you know, you're learning how to walk, right? And you might fall on your butt. People in the room might laugh at you, but babies don't get self-esteem issues. They're like, oh, got to get back up. The older you get, the more it's like, oh, well, I don't want to fall. I don't want to raise my hand in class no more. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Simply because I don't want to be wrong in public. And I feel like that's why you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. And it gets because it usually comes from lack of self-love. Like you don't, you don't love yourself enough to where someone else's ridicule of you can shake. But if you love yourself enough, you don't mind. It's like when you have a bad one, like when you have a fly-ass girl, right? 
like you have her, she's your girl, like y'all are a couple or whatever. When you go out in public, it's so much easier. That's the reason why girls be throwing themselves at you. <laughs> the reason why they throw themselves at you is because deep down, they know that you know no matter what, you going on to a bad one. And you carry that on you. You walk around like, I don't care about none of these, getting none of these girls. Why? Because I got somebody at home that's waiting for me, and they love that confidence. Mm-hmm. Simply because you know you love yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, and it's and um, expounding on that, it's and it's difficult to find that when we live in a society that promotes, you know, other things, materialism in place of self worth. You know, so we we kind of pass off our self worth into things that we buy. Like I, I was looking at some post somebody put up, and they put like um, some kind of like diagram of like a person that looks like a rapper standing next to a rich person, and then they put, like, these prices next to the clothes that they had on, and they was talking about how, like, the rich person has on a $30 shirt and some $45 pants, while, like, the rapper has on, like, and some $800 shoes and some $500 jeans. And just the idea that a person could walk around carrying their worth on their body, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, like, their worth being immeasurable, you know, based on what they could bring to the table, who they are, what kind of what kind of character they have, um, how they touch people, um, how they how they could change a person's life, you know what I'm saying? So I mean I'm, that made me think about myself because I, I used to I used to buy clothes. I used to spend crazy money on shoes. I spent like eight hundred some dollars on shoes and with that thing I was like shit. You know? You couldn't tell me nothing. I remember one time somebody trying to tell me like, Man, you need Need chill, man, spending all the money on credit cards and stuff. And I was like, man, yo, you know, they ain't talking to me right now. You know, I was just kind of just brushed, you know, just kind of blew them off. Like, how you talking to me when, I, when I'm when i looking like this? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that was enough for me to feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just, it's hard to find yourself when we're being misled by what we're told we need to have in order to feel self-worth. I want to go back to uh, this idea of what happens when you hit a brick wall or you hit that glass ceiling. Uh, a line from your album, The Great New Wonderful, comes to mind. That's a line in the song, All We Are. And you say, if you give up, you never know what you'll find. What significance does that line have to you? Um, I mean, just uh, with, that, with that verse, I want it to be... Um pretty much straightforward with the lyrics. So, I mean, wh- what I'm saying is pretty much what it is. Like, a lot of times we 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 say we want to do something, like uh, learn something new, like learn an instrument or learn a new, learn whatever. Whatever you, you want to pick up a new task. And then we start doing it and we have this great start. And then somewhere along the line we just give up or we just stop it. You know, it, it could even be reading a book. We start it and stop you know, because we just get to that point where it's like, oh, it's too much work. You know, we start overthinking instead of just being in the present and being like, okay, I'll just take it one day at a time. You know, I can't expect to be great at it overnight. So it's like that whole idea of like, you know, if you if you give up, you'll, you'll never know what you can find, you know. So it's like learning how to be present and patient so you can learn something new because there's this idea that after you get out of, um, school that you're supposed to be set, you're supposed to be able to be qualified for a job, and you're just supposed to join the workforce and become another call to keep things moving. But in life, you have to continue learning, 
Like, you never stop learning because it helps you grow as a person because the person you were five, ten years ago, you're not today, you know? So it's like, it's, 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 that line is just about encouraging people, just reinforcing that idea that you have to be patient in what things you want to, want to, want to learn and be open to it and understand that it's not going to come overnight. You're not going to get the results you, you expect because it's your first time doing it, you know? And it's never going to, just because someone else accomplished it a different way, your path is your own. You talked about uh, being in the present there. I'm sure you've, you've probably come across a quote before. You, uh, someone once said, somebody much smarter than me once said, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. How, how uh, life-changing has that quote been for you, or how, how defining has that quote been for each of you? Well, that concept has definitely been defining and, and helping me to, to grow over these past few years because like, it's so easy to fall. It's so easy to fall into old habits, you know, and, and my whole thing in the past few years is trying to create new habits and, and, and just take them one day at a time and, and not be so down on myself when I'm not um, as good or whatever as I would like to be. Um, but yeah, being in the present is peace because when you're in the present, you always have a chance to change whatever can happen. You know, if if you're sitting if you're thinking about the past, then you're, you're thinking about regret. You're thinking about what did happen and how it might affect what's going on right now and what can happen. But when you're in the present, you always have the ability and action to make a change right then and there. And it's always that thought that people either have or don't have, which will enable them or, or, um, or not, or disable them, you know? Like, they're either going to realize that they, they have the option and the power to make a change right then and there, or they're not going to realize it, and the same pattern is going to continue. And mm. I feel like what helps people to realize it is having music that pushes people, that, you know, that talks about having patience, that talks about you're not alone in this and, and talks about that things don't happen overnight and that you just have to keep at it and, and take it one day at a time and let people know that they're not alone in that, in that struggle. It's, it's, we all have to deal with it. This album in particular, there's a lot of emphasis on breaking out of comfort zones. This is something we've been talking about a little bit. Why does this matter so much to you, breaking out of comfort zones? Um, because I think... Once you get comfortable, like you can, you can have a job that you love and end up hating it simply because you're doing the same thing day in day out, day in day out, day in day out. So to other people, people are like, "Oh, you're so lucky you get to do this," but deep down, you know, you're not happy. The reason why that is is because you're not splicing it up, you're not learning anything different, you're not learning anything new, you're not getting out of your comfort zone to enrich your your craft. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we're scientists. They call it the lab, but when you when when it's a lab, that means you're doing experiments. That means you're doing new experiments, not the same damn experiment over and over and over and over and over. If it's really a lab, you should have new inventions by now. Mm-hmm. Finding new discoveries, you should have new ways and new new philosophies, new something. But we keep getting the same stuff, and everybody calling it a lab, nah. Get out of your comfort zone. And this is beyond just music and craft and 
art and all of that stuff. This is with everything. There's a lot of people who don't try certain foods. There's certain people who don't talk to uh, women. There's certain people who who, who don't dance, don't visit certain countries, who don't see the world, who aren't around different uh, uh, ethnic groups. There aren't uh, there's a lot of the learning comes from getting out of your comfort zone. You ha in order to in order to learn anything, you have to you have to be like, you know what? I don't know it, and that's all right. I don't know how to do it, but that's okay. I'm 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 willing to fail in public. You know what I'm saying? I'm willing to get off the wall and dance and do my little step and risk being laughed at at the expense of learning how to do something. You know what I'm saying? You have to raise your hand and possibly be wrong. That's how you learn. The people who learn the most in class are the ones who raise their hand and get and get a wrong answer. It's shoot your shot. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to shoot to know Okay, the ball, the weight of the ball feels like this. I got, I know, I know my body, so I have to pull my, pull my arm back a little bit, snap the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to trial and error, and I feel like that's something that you're, you become discouraged about the older that you get because when you get older, you're supposed to have it all figured out. You're in your 20s. Oh, you're supposed to have this stuff figured out. You're supposed to have life figured out. It's like no. Not at all. The older you, it's the, in the scheme of human civilization, we haven't been here in the blink of an eye. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we've literally only been here. I don't care if you've been here 60 years. That ain't shit in 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 the the, the span of human civilization. There's so much learning within how long our species has been here. And although you've been here 60, you still have only learned a small, minute fraction of all of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's pushing yourself to learn and pushing your... Because that's how you learn about people, cultures, yourself. You know what I'm saying? You have to push yourself to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Which... And, that's, and that's, really, that's really a big reason why there's so much... Well, it's been going on since it's been going on, but with all of the, you know, the Freddie Grays and the Trayvon Martins and the and the Eric Garners and just and what just happened in Charleston, like yeah. the fact that we can't have a conversation about it is because people are unwilling to step out of their comfort zone, and and they're 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 so on the edge and ready to pounce and be aggressive and be defensive, you know, just on the onset of the conversation based on reservations or things they hold they're holding on to which keep them comfortable and keep them in some state of yeah keep them in some state of ignorance which is like I, it's, that's not the way the world is the way the, way the world is is how i see it basically know? if i close my eyes then i don't have to know i don't have to learn it i don't have to i can be completely ignorant of, of everything because once you know something you're responsible for that knowledge and it can be scary mm-hmm you know something and you're no longer ignorant about it, you either choose to be stupid or enlightened. And that's a heavy responsibility. That's why certain people are very scared is because it changes their world. You know what I'm saying? It changes because and, and, and when your world gets changed, it's like, damn, I thought I knew everything. So just imagine how much shit I don't know. If I didn't know this and I thought I knew it, oh my God, imagine it's like the matrix. 
like I feel like when we, when we talk like you know the Matrix how they, how he got unplugged. Mm-hmm. Like I feel in the movie they were like yeah you can't just go unplugging people because people aren't ready for this people will literally lose their mind and die. Some people's mind could not handle it. So it's a matter of having being willing to have uncomfortable conversations or being uncomfortable in order to be open to other people's perspectives. Yeah, get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's how you get to the yeah. that's how you get become enlightened is when you're you're fearless and you look into the face of what's uncomfortable and what's not normal. Yeah, change is a natural thing anyway. Which comfort zones have been the hardest for each of you to break out of? Um, the hardest thing for me to break out of, um, the most, the trickiest comfort zone for me to break out of was, um, definitely looking at music more. Like I always, like I always was trying to look for beats from people. I was always trying to find the producers and all this other kind of stuff and everybody would always tell me, man, Teron, how come you don't make beats? How come you don't make beats? How come you don't make beats? Because I talk like I can make beats, but I never used to make beats. I, I was just, I was like, man, I don't want to, like I hated the idea of doing something whack because it would, for some reason, I guess prove to myself that I could be whack or something. So I never liked the idea of maybe playing an instrument or something like that because I was like, man, I hate the idea of not being good at something automatically. And I was like, you know what, man, let me just go ahead and dive in and figure this out. So I started playing guitar. And I was terrible at first, and I started getting better and better and better and better, and then just got addicted to it. So that was a comfort zone I popped out of, I, 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 I definitely hopped out of. But aside from just music, I definitely hopped out of the comfort zone of Stop. I, I, I became more social. Um, I learned how to like get out of my shell a little bit more. Go out to little functions and like. If you ask anybody in LA, I'm mostly heard and barely seen. Like I'm really not out there like that. You know what I'm saying? Just that's just kind of always been my thing is like not really you know, uh, socializing and, and things like that because I was always too worried about what somebody would say and what they would say and da 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 You know what I'm saying? So it kind of affected my relationship with women. Like, I'd be talking to a girl, and if I didn't, and if I felt any kind of weird way, I'd just drop off the face of the earth and never talk to them again. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And that's kind of been my thing for a while. It's been my M.O. is just the disappearing act of Tehran, you know? And it, it really just came from a, 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 a place of self-conscious and, and being afraid to um, let people look at me. You know what I'm saying? And I think I definitely have gotten better with that and that, you know what, we're going to do some music that that ain't mustard, that ain't ketchup, that ain't, you know what I'm saying, PB and J Solution. Let's do something really out of the fucking box and give it to the people, you know what I'm saying? Let's really do some new shit. So that was kind of, you know, my comfort zone. Yeah. And uh, for me, um, um, I'm still working on it, I feel. Like, I'm still working on uh, coming to terms or being uh, being more accepting of what I 
could potentially offer the offer people, offer the world through music. Because I'm, I've never been. Well, I mean, when I was younger, I was more arrogant about the stuff that I created. But hmm. that, that was a while ago. But I've never, I've never really been the one that's like wanted to be like the star of the show or be the center of attention. I've never been that guy. I've always been kind of like, eh, you know, kind of shied away from the attention. I'll just do it. I'll just do what I'll do. I don't need to hear about, you know, all of the other stuff, and I'll just, you know, put it out there, you know. And But, you know, I, I've been coming to the terms that there's a whole idea that you have to be the change you want to see, in a sense. And, you know, I have the skills that I have for a reason, you know. I know what I know for a reason. I'm I'm, I'm able to do what I can do for a reason. And if I'm not, you know, doing it to my fullest potential or working towards that way or putting myself out that way, then I'm doing a disservice to the gift that I was given, in a sense. And I'm in 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 relation to that, I'm doing a, even more disservice to myself as a person because although I am an introvert, I am shy, and, and I'm not a fame monger, I'm not that kind of person who likes attention like that, I still have something to offer, and I realize that based on how what people tell me and how people react to the things that I do and the person that I am. And I feel and I'm coming to terms with the importance of just taking ownership of your of your gift, you know, and 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 understanding that you aren't given that gift for no reason. And also getting out of the comfort zone and just reading more, and, and 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 taking care of your body. Like we both don't eat meat anymore. Like so, it's you know it's it's you know accepting that knowledge of self. Uh, stepping out of the comfort zone of not eating McDonald's every day, of not eating burgers and, you know what I'm saying, juicing and taking care of yourself, working out, exercising. I, 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 you know, it's just, you know, getting out of our comfort zone in that way, too. And this comes from the two guys that once uh, wrote a song called Good Food, too. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. When, you, when you guys step out of your comfort zone and, and take these risks musically, what does it mean to you to have someone like Q-Tip mention you guys as music he's excited about? Somebody like Ali Shaheed Muhammad coming through your studio. Those moments. Um, it means that the lineage was right all along. You know, it means that we are a product of them, which is why they see a little bit of them in us. Uh -huh. um, so it proves that we're spiritually connected in a way. Like we are future versions of them, or they are future versions of us, however you want to look at it. Um, it just, it, it means a lot because, you know, you know, Tehran and Elmari aren't necessarily like, the household name that are, that's popular around the world, but it seems like the people that do know really, really, really get it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like really comforting because it's like, oh man, the 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 the, the seers see. You know, the the ones that we look up to, they see it. They they see us. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as like the pop look and all that, like as far as like the the hype and all that, we might not we might not have gotten that, but as far as like the real deal people who know the quest loves and all that, like the the, the Diddies and the Jay Zs and all them, they, they know of us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's kinda of really it's it's a, it's reassuring that our music is enough 
to where the builders are are impressed with our building. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's great also because, you know, it, like Jerome was saying earlier, it helps to bridge the gap, which is important, you know, that that we're, their we're, message doesn't get lost. Yeah, their message doesn't get lost. We're, we're continuing, and, and we're continuing to further the craft. It lets them know that what what they spent so many years building, they'll still be able to go out and do years from now. Because it's like if, you know, you could be great as possible. You know, like if the Rolling Stones couldn't be touring now if rock and roll wasn't around anymore. You know what I'm saying? If there weren't people after him who kept who kept that genre, who kept that music alive, you know, and 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 and, and there were still fans there for them to have a show to have. You know what I'm saying? It would just be old people there. But by creating music that still connects with that that older generation who who made music that it created us, then it's going. It, it's a mutual. It's a cyclical kind of relationship to where it just helps the culture in general as a whole. I have a, a quote that sort of is a similar theme to what you guys are talking about. I believe this quote uh, is attributed to Tehran. What is it? Uh, they, they call you crazy until you become successful. Then they call you genius. So screw it. Go crazy. Uh, tell me about that. Um, I, th- I think it, it, it goes from that fearlessness. I think it goes from getting out of your comfort zone. Most people don't want to uh, uh, do what it is they do be it dancing in public and flailing your arms and, and expressing yourself however you need to express yourself, be free. Most people don't want to get free because they don't want to be called crazy. But once the powers that be are like, yo, that's the dance, or that's the, that's, that's, that's the type shit, then all of a sudden everybody's calling you a genius. So it's like, be crazy to be genius. You know what I'm saying? Go crazy. I mean... Don't worry about being now. Don't worry about being, don't worry about people understanding you now because the ones that get it will get it. And even if they don't get it, you're free. Mm-hmm. You're free. You're free from, from what people think of you. You're, you're free of that public scrutiny, which you would end up doing on yourself that would, uh, distort your vision of yourself. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, just go crazy. Like, cause I promise you, like, there's people who definitely was trying to say that, you know, we weren't tight or that our music wasn't dope or all this and that. And you know what I'm saying? And then over time, it's like, like when when a sucker for pumps first came out, there a lot of people were sleeping on it. Most motherfuckers swear that that shit was hot when it first came out, but let's keep it all the way real, motherfuckers sleep on us. <laughs> they always do. That's just what happens. With this new album, everybody's looking at us like we're crazy because there's only eight songs. Like, oh, man, it's only eight songs. I saw somebody tweet, like, I was disappointed that it's only eight songs, so I haven't even listened to it yet. Like, you McDonald's dollar menu-eating motherfuckers, like... Do you not understand that there can be a lot of quality in something that's very simple? You know what I'm saying? Like, they, like it, it just goes to show that, like, just follow what's in your heart and people will catch up because they caught up to a sucker for pumps in, like, 2012. And some of them even caught up in 2013 talking about, 
man, where was I? Where, how, how come I slept? It's like, yo, just let them all sleep. Do what's in your heart. Do what you need to do. And let everybody catch up. Like, not everybody has good taste. Before we wrap things up, I want to go back to a quote that we more or less started with, this, uh, this idea that what you do is not more important than why you do it. Uh, so why do each of you do what you do? Um, I do what I do because I'm fascinated with the math and music. Like, I'm, I'm so fascinated by the idea that Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and the ABC song are the same song, but, you know, and they, and they both have this learning, this learning trick to them. And that's why it's a taught song. It's a taught melody. Like, it's a familiar... Like, I'm so interested in, in, in just, you know, the mind, body, soul thing. Mind, like, for example, uh, they say mind, body, and soul is a sacred trinity on Earth. In order to have this, in order to live on this planet, you have to possess those three things. Now, you have mind. Mind instruments are considered wind instruments, which is why they play trumpets before wars, which is why before battles they played fanfare and why, you know, when the king was about to speak, they do the fanfare because that readied the mind for attention. So whatever the king was going to say, everybody would be attentive when, when he said what he was going to say. And then you have the body, which obviously is the drums. And when you hear uh, anything with crazy drums, it gets the body going. And then you have uh, the soul, mind, body, spirit. You have the spirit instrument. And the most angelic of all instruments is the heart and strings. And that's why when a sad part comes out, they want to touch your soul. In a movie, they, 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 they play strings on a sad part. Why? Because that's what gets at your soul. And even a piano is a, is a string instrument, which is why there's certain things that are going on with a lot of these musics and it's the manipulation of all of that in order to get a message out and i love that i'm addicted to that omari what about you for me uh, i do this for out of passion for it but 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 also because i've discovered you know as i've done this for years that it's been the driving force and on my journey to self-discovery and i was recently reading some letter that um Hunter S. S. Thompson wrote, and he was talking about in life, you shouldn't choose your occupations based on what you want to do, but you choose them based on who you want to be. Like, you go through life making decisions based on who you want to be, and, and, and you figure out ways for those things to fit with the person who you want to be. Like, so doing music has, has um, carried me... Uh, taking me to the point where I, I don't eat I don't eat meat anymore and I'm I'm not drinking anymore. It's, you know, and, and and I can't say that I would have got to that got to this point in my life if I was doing something else. And, and and I realized that this is not just it's not an occupation, it's more so it's a talent, you know. It allows me to do what I really want to do in life, which is just be creative. You know, I just, that's all I've done in life. Everything I've done, I've been creative. Most schools I've been to, I've been art schools, and I've just been focused around creativity. And I don't know, like, when, when, you, when you discover something that 
when you discover something that's so um, uh, fulfilling, yeah, but more so it leads you in a way. It leads you without 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 you giving it direction to lead, then you just keep doing it. You know, I can't give a specific answer, but I just I, I just found that while doing this, it's always open doors, new doors within myself and, and to places where I could be like, okay, well, man, I could be this person now, or, oh, this is what I could do with this aspect of myself now. You know, so as long as I find those, discover new things about myself through this process, then that's, that's why I'm doing it because it's helping me grow and it's helping me be develop as a person. Well, thank you both to each of you guys. I really appreciate your time this morning and afternoon. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you still want to add before we wrap up? Well, we just want to say, man, everybody, we, you know, go get the new album, The Great New Wonderful. It's easy to find on um, TorontoAomari.com. You can you discover everything there. Uh, watch the short short films on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, SoundCloud, everywhere. And, you know, um, don't, 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 don't be afraid to reach out to us and say what's up. You know, we pretty much respond to everybody. And, yeah, that's all I have. That's all I have to say. Well, there you have it. If you want to know more about Toronto and Aomari, go to thecomeupshow.com. Check out their videos there. Make sure you listen to their new album, The Great New Wonderful. And once you've heard that, go back and listen to A Sucker for Pumps if you haven't already. You'll thank me later. Once again, I'm Martin Bauman. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.